Today on the show, we're going to talk about what it's really like when you have to learn old things in new ways. This is Life After Sight Loss Radio, Episode 60. Hello, everyone, and welcome to the podcast helping you discover life after sight loss. My name is Derek Daniel. I am your host and resident VIP, aka visually impaired person. Hey, if you're new to the program, welcome aboard. This is the place where we do product reviews. We talk life advice, encouragement, emotional support, relationships, technology, and so much more, all with the express purpose of helping individuals and families who are going through or facing physical sight loss. Thank you so much for joining me this week. We're going to have a great time. We're going to talk about what it's really like when you have to learn old things in new ways. You know, there's that saying about teaching old dogs new tricks, and it's not really old dogs and new tricks. It's really old things just in new ways. So we're going to have a good time talking about that. Plus, I've got a tech tip about Google apps on your iPhone and how accessible they are. So that's going to be a lot of fun as well. As always, before we jump into everything, I want to let you know that you can find today's show notes at lifeaftersightloss.com slash 060. That's right. We are on episode 60. So I want to take just a quick second to thank you for listening. If this is your 60th episode, or if this is your first, I want to say thank you for tuning in, for listening, for clicking that play button, and for checking it out. I really, really appreciate it. By the way, the show notes will include links, information, ways to subscribe, and get connected, so make sure you hop on over to those show notes, which again, you can find at lifeaftersightloss.com slash 060. Learning old things in new ways. You know, in Star Wars, there's a character named Yoda, and he says you must unlearn what you have learned. And it's that idea that we're going to do some of the things that we've always done. We just may do them in different ways. And sight loss really causes that because there are lots of things that you can do and you can still do. You just have to do them in new ways. And the other day I was reading an article about parenting and having your kids help out around the house and all this sort of thing. And they were talking about ways that it happens in different cultures and societies. And it was really interesting because some of the things they talked about made me think about how we as visually impaired people learn new ways to do things kind of the same way that we learn to do the things in the first place when we were sighted if we were as children. And so today I wanted to talk about that. Now let me go ahead and just clear something up because some people might take this the wrong way. I'm not suggesting that blind people are like little kids. Okay, that's that's not what I'm saying. Some people might think, oh, well, you're just saying we're like little kids. And I said, no, I'm saying that there are some similarities to how we learn things in the first place. Okay, so make sure that you don't hear this and think I say we're like little kids because, you know, we rail against that. Like, don't treat me like a little kid. And, and I get that. And that's not what we're doing today. What we're saying is is that there's some similarities. So I've got seven of them, seven similarities. So this is what it's really like when you have to learn old things in new ways. Number one, things can get messy. 
Now imagine back when you were a little kid and your mom or dad wanted you to learn how to do the dishes, okay? Nowadays we all have dishwashers and we just load it up or whatever, but recently my dishwasher went out and for two weeks we had to do the dishes. It was like, what is this? The 80s? Oh my gosh. But we had to do the dishes. So you have, you know, kids have to learn. And if you think back to how you learned to do the dishes, it probably got a bit messy. You know, you got water on the floor, you got soap on this, you got soap on yourself, you know, it's just, and that could have been a good time. Who knows how your family was? But it probably got a bit messy. You know, other things happen when you're maybe trying to clean something out or you're learning to change the oil in a car. There's lots of things and it can get really, really messy. And again, that's not necessarily a bad thing. It's part of the learning process. But that's my point is that when you lose your sight, you might go through a time where learning to do things might be a bit messy. You might knock something over. You might uh, not be able to figure out when something is leaking. So it gets a bit messy until you figure it out. There are just times whenever things Things are going to get messy. It's not a problem. It's just something to be aware of that, you know, whenever you did dishes when you were five, it was a lot messier than when you did them when you were 25. At least I hope so. So the point is, when you first lose your sight, it might be messier than when you have gone through sight loss after six months or a year or two years or whatever. So just be prepared that, you know what, when you're learning to do these things in new ways, things might get a bit messy. Number two, things can take a little bit longer, or to be honest, things can take a long time. You know, when you were a kid and you had to learn to sweep the floor or you had to learn how to do math problems or whatever, things could take a while. You know, it's just how it was. You might have to go and do, try to do it again, do it the right way, that sort of thing. And it's similar when you lose your sight. You might have to learn to do things and they might take a lot longer. Now, in some circumstances, you know, you do it for a few times and it takes about the same amount of time it always did. But there might be situations where you've learned to do the new thing and, or learned to do the old thing in a new way and that new way takes you a little longer. Again, there's nothing wrong with that. It's just something to keep in mind that when you're learning these things in new ways, time you know, becomes a factor. It's like, you know, it doesn't matter if it takes you five minutes longer. If you can do the task in a new way, then that's what's important. You can do it. You can complete it. And so you have to just say, well, you know, it took me five minutes before. It might take me 10 minutes now. Or it took me five minutes before. It's taking me 20 minutes, but I'm going to work it back down to five or 10 minutes or whatever the case is. So just remember when you're learning those new ways, it might take a little longer. Number three, and I think this one is hard for us, someone might have to go back over it again at first. You know, whenever you're learning to do those things when you're a kid, you know, you sweep the floor and a parent might have to go back and do it again and just kind of help you out. Now, you may have your own opinion about that, but when you are learning to do those things in new ways as a visually impaired person, somebody might have to help out. Let's say you're learning how to load the dishwasher by feel instead of by just, you know, setting it in there by sight. That might be a little more challenging. Some might have to, you know, rearrange those things. That doesn't mean they don't tell you about it and help you to do it, but somebody might have to go back over it. And again, that isn't a bad thing. It's not like, well, I wiped off the counters or whatever. It's like, yeah, you missed 18 spots. You know, the next next time you might miss 12 spots, the next time six spots, you know. But at first, somebody might have to go back over it. And you might be saying, well, that's that's terrible. They should just tell me how to do it and I'll keep doing it until I get it right. And yes, I agree. And that's when it takes you a little longer. But at some point, it's like, you know what? 
I'm going to do this and I'm just going to stop for today. If it needs to be fixed, you know, you can do that or whatever. But you kind of got to figure it out between the relationships you have in your life, maybe a spouse, your family, whatever it is. Just kind of figure out the best way to do it. It's If it's like, you know what, this is too taxing on me right now. I'm dealing with some emotional stuff and cleaning the counter. I did it to the best of my ability today. Tomorrow will be better. Two weeks will be better. And just kind of remembering that as you go over things. But in the long run, you know, it's not going to be somebody has to follow you around and clean up after you. It just means that at first, when you're learning to do those things in new ways, somebody might have to go over it. Number four, in keeping right along with that idea, you might need more help at first. You know, again, keeping that idea of, you know, when you're a little kid doing the dishes, somebody might have had to, you know, come in there and help you scrub it, help you get it rinsed off right, you know, give you some help. And there wasn't anything wrong with that. You were just learning how to do it. Eventually, they could be a little less hands-on and and eventually just tell you, you know, do this and you could do it and then you got it. But at first, you needed some help. And that can be what it's like when you lose your sight. There's nothing wrong with that. There's nothing wrong with taking help. Nothing wrong with needing help. I mean, let's face it, you're learning to do something in a completely different way. And so now you might need a little assistance. You might need somebody to point out something. You might need somebody to say, well, why don't you do this? Or let me kind of guide you over here. Let me kind of give you this. Look, I'm the first person who will say, I hate it when somebody has to say a little to the left, a little more up, you know, give me guiding. I hate that. I don't know why it is. It just makes me feel very, very blind, which again, I am, but you know, just like, oh, I just want to be independent and I don't want somebody to have to guide me there. Even 16 plus years after the fact, I'm still kind of going through those moments when it's like, yeah, I need the help. And and again, there's nothing wrong with it. It's just, you know, sometimes you need the help. So especially at first, when you're learning these new ways of doing things, don't be surprised if you need a little more help, at least at first. Number five, you might have to ask a lot more questions. Now, this might seem weird to you because if it's something you've always done and you're like, wait a minute, I know how to do this. Why would I ask questions on how to, you know, do the dishes or, you know, whatever? It's like, you know, you may have to ask questions like, does this look clean? You know, is this screwed on right? Uh, is, is this in the right place? Is this centered? You might have to ask some more questions. Eventually, you might get the feel for things, and you won't have to ask those questions. But at first, you might have to ask questions. You know, when you're a little kid and you're learning to do something, it's that's the time to ask the question. You know, like I always tell my kids, look, if you don't know how to do something, ask the questions. I'm here to help. Let, let me help you. You know, because eventually you're going to need to learn how to do this on your own, and I won't be there to help. But right now, it's the time to make the mistake and ask the question. So you might have to ask more questions when you're learning these new ways to do things. Now, again, eventually you might figure it out and you're self-sufficient. Everything's great. But at first, even though you know how to do a task and you understand what the task is, you still might have to ask more questions. Number six, you might get frustrated and just want to quit. Look, especially as a kid or an adult or whatever, it doesn't matter. We sometimes get frustrated. And if you're trying to do a task that you've always done, I mean, picture it. Think about this for a second. If you're trying to do something you've always done so easily and now it comes around and you're having to relearn it and do it in a new way and it's troubling and it's frustrating, you know, trying and now you're frustrated. I mean, that can make you very upset and make you just want to be like, forget it. I'm not doing it. I just forget it. Just put it away or just you do it or whatever. I think a lot of visually impaired people at first want to either do it all themselves or Or then they might slip into this mode of like, well, just do it for me because I don't even want to try it. I don't even want to deal with it. And if you've been there, you know what I mean. It's just like, just do it for me. That way I don't have to deal with it. 
And eventually you come to the place where you find the balance between, you know what, this is frustrating and I want you to just do it, but I've got to learn how to do it because, you know, I've got to be able to do this on my own. And that can happen quick. That can take a while. It doesn't really matter. But there might be moments when you get frustrated and you just want to put it down. And, and that's not surprising, especially uh, if you think about being a kid. There, there are probably moments when it's like, I can't even get this right. Why can't I get forget it? I'm done. And it's like, you know what? You're not done. Maybe you need to take a break. Maybe you need to walk away. And there's nothing wrong with saying, I need five minutes. You know, can we can we attack this tomorrow, especially if it's something big? Let's say you always changed the oil in your car. OK, that was one of the things you did. Now, you can probably still do that as a visually impaired person. doesn't mean you can't. It just means you're going to have to do it in a much different way, and you're going to have to try new things and, and whatever. You might just want to say, you know what? I've tried this. It's it's really frustrating me right now, and I can't focus on it. Let's come back to it tomorrow. You know, Let's come back to it this weekend. Let's take a break. And, and that's perfectly acceptable. I tell my kids all the time, hey, if you need a five-minute break just to you know collect your thoughts, there's nothing wrong with that. But just make sure you don't get so frustrated that you quit and don't come back. Because let's face it, when we're learning to do things we've always done in new ways, we might get a little bit frustrated. And number seven, and this is hopefully the conclusion for it all, is that you'll feel so proud at the accomplishment you have when you complete this task, when you learn how to do it in a new way. When you're five years old and you learn how to do the dishes, it makes you feel proud because you're like, yeah, I can contribute. This is great. I'm learning to be an adult or whatever. And when you lose your sight and you're able to do a task you've always done and you you do it in a new way, I mean, it makes you feel great. Now, again, I'm not saying that we're like five-year-olds olds as blind people. That's not what I'm saying. But I can remember the first time I sat down in front of a computer and it had Zoom text on the computer. Uh, I was able to see the letters again. I was able to move around the screen and do things on the computer that I had been doing all along. Now I could do it again because there was a period of time where I there was not a way to do it. And all of a sudden I found a way to do it. And it was like so liberating. I mean, just things like, you know, going to the store and using Ira was so amazing. It was tasks I could have done sighted, but now I have trouble with. And you could do this for a lot of different things. You'll feel so proud and so accomplished. Again, I know you might be thinking, well, that, that sounds dumb. Like I'm going to feel proud that I can do the dishes. Yeah, whenever you can independently do a task and you don't need outside help any longer and you complete the task, whatever it might be, you know, and you relearn that thing, man, it can make you feel good. And there's nothing wrong with that. Whenever you are, you know, learning how to do a huge thing, whenever you're learning how to do a small thing, whatever it is, when you complete it, when you finish it, when you find that new way and that task becomes an independent task for you, gosh, it can make you feel so, so proud. And if you just recently lost your sight, you might be thinking, I don't think there's any way I'm going to be able to do anything. Trust me, there is. It's just going to take a while, but it's going to make you feel so, so great and so accomplished when you learn it and you complete that task. So there you go, guys, what it's really like when we're learning these old things in new ways. Just seven things that it's really like. And yes, I compared it to learning things when you're a little kid. But again, just a reminder, I'm not saying we're all little kids. But there are similarities to learning these things in a new way. And again, no matter what you go through or how you face it, the ultimate goal is to complete those tasks, to relearn those things and do them just like you always did. 
well, maybe not just like you always did, but to complete the task like you did. You know, to be able to do things around the house, to, to go to your job and complete the tasks, to take care of your friends and your family, to help in the kitchen and in the garage and all those places. The ultimate goal is just to live your life each and every day as a visually impaired person. And so I hope that you'll take these things I said, you'll remember that it might take you longer, it might be messy, you might need some help, all of those things, but ultimately remember that the hope is that we complete those tasks, feel accomplished, and to live our lives each and every day, just now, in a new way. So I've got a little tech tip for you guys today. Recently, as many of you know, I picked up a Google Home. And the Google Home has been a lot of fun, really interesting stuff. But when I picked it up, I really wanted to start getting more invested into the Google atmosphere or ecosystem, if you will. So I wanted to start using their services like Google Calendar and Gmail and Google Keep and all these different things. Now, you know, I use Calendar and Gmail on a regular basis, but I thought, how can I integrate it more in my life? Well, I use an iPhone and an iPad, and so I thought, I wonder if their apps on iOS are accessible. And come to find out, they're actually very accessible, at least for the most part. You know, so for example, Google Calendar. I really have used Google Calendar since I've had a Gmail account, which has been over a decade, and I've used Google Calendar for everything. I synced it up with my, synced, is that right? I synced it, sunked it. I have synced it. <laughs> I don't know the grammar, but it is synced with my uh, calendar app on my iPhone. Well, I kind of was like, this isn't the most accessible calendar app, to be honest. You know, the calendar built into the iPhone. Maybe it is for you. Maybe you love it and voiceover works great. But for me, there were things happening like trying to go to a next event was you know skipping days ahead. I'd swipe right and I'd be on like Thursday from Monday. I'm like, what is this? So I decided to see if Google Calendar had a dedicated app on iOS. Well, it does, and it's really accessible. To me, and again, this is just my opinion, it's more accessible than the built-in calendar app. So I now have Google Calendar as my default calendar app. The same thing goes with email. The mail app on the iPhone is really good. I actually really enjoy it. Some people have complained, and they don't really like it that much, but for me, it worked really well. But I decided to switch to the Gmail app because it is really accessible. Is it more accessible like the calendar app? Not necessarily, but it does give you some other options, some labeling functionality that I really like, and so I have now switched it as my default email app. Now, there are other apps like Google Keep and Google Tasks and Google Maps and all these sort of things, which I haven't tried them all out yet. I'm working through them right now, but it just goes to show you that sometimes the built-in apps on the iPhone aren't always the most accessible, and there's nothing wrong with that whatever's most accessible, I encourage you to use. So if you have an iPhone, if you have an iPad, I encourage you to go out there, and especially if you have a Google account, go out there and try out things like Google Calendar and Gmail and Google Keep and Tasks and see what you think about them because they're actually very, very accessible and so helpful to keep your life going at a steady pace. All 
right, guys. Well, I have rambled on here all day long, so it is your turn. I want to hear from all of you. Hey, what do you think about today's episode? Are there things that you've experienced that I mentioned whenever you learn to do old things in new ways? Did you go through any of those? Did you have other things that you faced? And I'd love to hear some examples about things that you sort of relearned in new ways. I would love to hear about it. Maybe you just want to say hi and share a quick story, whatever it is. I want to hear from you guys. I love hearing from you guys. Just to be honest, that's one of the reasons I even started the podcast is so I could contact all of you out there and you could contact me and we could have a great conversation. There's a few ways to do that. First of all, you can email me, Derek, D-E-R-E-K, at lifeaftersightloss.com. You can tweet me at the Derek Daniel, or you can leave me a voicemail and the number to do that is 317-721-1027. Again, 317-721-1027. Leave that voicemail. I'll feature it on the podcast. We'll have a great time. But I love hearing from all of you. So if you've got a story about today's podcast, if you've got a question, or you just want to say hi, make sure to reach out to me because I love hearing from each and every one of you. And that brings us around to the last lap of the podcast and just a few housekeeping items as always. If you haven't subscribed to the podcast yet, I would love for you to do that. You can do that by going over to the show notes at lifeaftersightloss.com slash 060 and right under the player there are buttons for Apple Podcasts, Google Play, Stitcher. You can subscribe on your Android phone and subscribing is totally free and make sure that you don't miss another single episode. So hop on over there and subscribe to the show. And I mentioned staying in touch with me. If you go to lifeaftersightloss.com slash contact, you can find all those ways I mentioned earlier, plus all my social media accounts, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, all that good stuff. And you can let me know what's going on in your life. You can share things with me. We can connect. It's a great time. Hop on over and let's chat. And speaking of social media, I'm still debating that Facebook group thing. So if you're interested, make sure to let me know that you'd be interested in, you know, being a part of a Facebook group and chatting with other people who are going through sight loss and experiencing these sort of things. I'd love to hear from you guys. It helps me know that you want to be a part of that. So let me know about the Facebook group and if you'd be interested. And finally, guys, remember that all the information found in today's episode is intended for informational and educational purposes only. If you're in need of professional, medical, or legal advice, please seek out a specialist in your area. Thank you so much for listening wherever you are. And until next time, remember that sight loss isn't the end. It's just the beginning. My name is Derek Daniel from lifeaftersightloss.com, and I'll see you in the next one.